Welcome to the Spiritual Teamwork Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crenshaw. Welcome back. This week we're talking about personal discipleship, which is the basis for this podcast. So I probably should have done this episode earlier, but I didn't. So let's get started. You know, I view discipleship in two ways. Personal discipleship, or being a disciple of Jesus, and discipling others, or what is called group discipleship. Being a disciple is us imitating Mary in the story of Mary and Martha. We sit at the feet of Jesus, and we learn what it means to love him and let him be part of our lives. Group discipleships is when we're learning with others in what Greg Ogden calls a micro-group of no more than four people. Our example for the group style is Peter, James, and John, who were always called to go away with Jesus. Jesus set Peter, James, and John apart, and they in turn led the others. Being a Disciple Superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. Richard Foster, Celebration of Discipline. That was written by Richard Foster in 1978. I read that paragraph for the first time 20 years ago when I was leading a monthly men's study. That paragraph started me down a road of fumbling and stumbling, fits and starts, and everything in between. I wanted to be a deep person. I can honestly say I have yet to become a deep person, but I have become a changed person. Being a disciple takes time. Personal discipleship is the choice we make as Christians to grow in our relationship with God. And let's face it, we can't love God with all our heart, soul, and mind if we're not spending time getting to know Him. When we meet someone we like and want to get to know them, we will go to any length to know them better. You know, I have friends I make time to be with every month because I want to know them deeper, not just as acquaintances. When I met my wife... I drove all the way to Indiana to see her again. When we really love someone, we want to spend time with them. In Luke 10, we read the story of Mary and Martha. Mary chooses to sit at Jesus' feet and hear his teachings. Martha chooses to prepare the food and exhibit hospitality to their guests. I don't think Martha was any less of a follower of Christ than Mary was. Mary made a very specific choice to devote herself to be as close to Christ as she could and learn directly from him at that moment. We see this happen again when Jesus returns to their home after he raises Lazarus from the dead. John 12 says that Mary anointed his feet with oil this time and dried them with her hair, as Martha again serves the meal. Martha isn't doing anything wrong. Mary is choosing the better according to what Jesus says. I get it. I understand what you're thinking. Someone has to serve the meals. Someone has to go to work every day and make enough money to support a family. And nothing is wrong with that. Nothing is wrong with working and making money. I think the reason I have to qualify this so hard is we've lost all sense of what being a disciple really is. Giving up a little of our free time each day to just sit and share life with God through the Holy Spirit isn't asking a lot. I think it is what I am about to say that people find hard to hear. Being a disciple takes self-denial. In a 2011 article titled, Self-Described Christians Dominate America but Wrestle with Four Aspects of Spiritual Depth, the Barna Group stated this, 
Most churches encourage people to engage in an increasing amount of religious activity, asking them to pour themselves into efforts related to core six spiritual dimensions, worship, evangelism, discipleship, stewardship, service, and community. While growth in those areas is important, Barna expressed two related concerns. The first was that people often fail to realize that the end game of spiritual development is godly character, not worldly accomplishments. God does not need his followers to achieve things on his behalf in order for them to become more acceptable or valuable to him. The research also indicated that sometimes people get so wrapped up in finishing church jobs or programs or producing specific religious results that they lose sight of the purpose of their faith, which is to have a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Barna noted that it becomes easy to substitute laudable religious activity for intentional and simple engagement with God. American Christians in particular have become known for doing good works and religious exercises rather than simply being friends and imitators of Christ. When we become disciples, we become imitators of Christ. Self-denial was at the center of Jesus' ministry. He humbled himself and became obedient even to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's in Philippians 2.8. We are choosing to humble ourselves and let our will become God's will. In Luke 14, Jesus says that we need to count the cost of being a disciple. We need to understand that it won't be easy because the world will not like us if we love Jesus. If we love him, we will keep his commandments which aren't necessarily what the world wants us to do, John 14 to 16. We pray that God's will be done when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Jesus prayed specifically that God's will, not his, would be done in the garden before he gave himself up for the cross. But it's not hard when we put our whole trust in him. In Matthew 11, he tells us to take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Self-denial is the key, but in the end, a relationship with Jesus is everything to us. It's about progress, not perfection. Paul states this fact so well in Romans 7. He says, We know that the law is spiritual, but I am merely a human, and I have been sold as a slave to sin. In fact, I don't understand why I act the way I do. I don't do what I know is right, I do the things I hate. Although I don't do what I know is right, I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing these evil things. The sin that lives in me is what does them. I know that my selfish desires won't let me do anything that is good. Even when I want to do right, I can't. Instead of doing what I know is right, I do wrong. And so, if I don't do what I know is right... I'm no longer the one doing these evil things. The sin that lives in me is what does them. That's Romans 7, 14 to 20. Jesus says that if your arm or your eye cause you to sin, then remove them from your body. And he knows that it's not the parts of our body that cause us to sin. It's the sin in us. It's what's between our ears that cause us to sin. When we begin to be disciples, we see that what we think is worse than what we want to be. I think understanding we're powerless over our sin frees us to put our trust in God. We're going to fall just like Paul said. But the Holy Spirit lives in us and guides us. When we fall, the Holy Spirit comforts us. 
When Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, he meant it. God is not out there somewhere. He's right here with us every hour of every day. And all we have to do is ask for him to help us want to become disciples. And he will. We have a choice. We have a choice as to how we live. In Romans 12, Paul tells us to fully give ourselves over to God like living sacrifices. Not to be conformed to this world, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. I thought for a long time that the renewing of my mind was through learning. I thought that the more knowledge I acquired, the better I would be. It's not about knowledge. All knowledge did was make me think I was better than some other people because I knew more than they did. Renewing our minds is about being disciples. It's about letting God change us and make us into the men and women he wants us to be. Being a disciple is worthwhile. Being a disciple is what we're called to be. But it's also a choice. We have to make the choice to be disciples. But you don't have to be a disciple to be a Christian. That's the bottom line. He loves us that much that he gives us a choice. This is a hard lesson. And always remember, I'm talking to myself more than I'm talking to anybody else. I need to hear this. I need to learn this lesson. And I need to apply it more in my life. As always, thanks for listening. And if you missed the books I referenced, you can find them on the website at spiritualteamwork.com. And if you do like the podcast, please share it on Facebook or Twitter or wherever you pick it up at. All right, guys. See you next week.